Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. This glorious mess. Welcome to this glorious mess, Mama Mia's podcast for parents who would rather bang their head against the wall than join the School Parents Association, otherwise Are known you? You're not. as PTA. PTA. The Harper Valley PTA. <laughs> I am not. Every year, I try and bully Brent into joining because he loves a bit of a social thing. He, he does. He's been class parent last year. And all the moms love Brent, and I don't know who anybody is. Brent's and he the father of your children, is. the partner oh, of yes, your life. Sorry. Brent is my other half, the one who does all the work. When your kids do well, do people go, oh, I must take after Brent? No. Oh, well. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they do. They all love Brent. They're all like, oh, anyway, I'm trying to get him to do the PNC. Anyway, if you're wondering who the hell's banging on about Brent, my name is Holly Wainwright. I work at Mama Mia and I have two kids who are eight and six. And I'm Andrew Datto with three kids who are old, getting old now. Wow, year 10 and year 12. Jesus. I know. Jesus. And an older one is at university. But the year 12, it doesn't have to be that bad, I say. Hopefully. Let's talk in September. Yes. A couple of episodes ago, we tackled a bunch of the leftover listener dilemmas from 2018 that we never managed to squeeze into our show because we can only do one a week and we get so much correspondence from you guys, which we love. So this week, we've got another special episode where we're just talking about your issues instead of our issues for once, which is always a good thing. You might notice a bit of a theme with these ones. Mm. As school holidays crawl to a close and the new school year is visible on the horizon, we wanted to take a particular look at classroom-related listener dilemmas. Yeah, and we're going to kick it off with one of the great joys for everyone, homework. Oh. See? Do, here's a question. Do you do homework during the holidays? Yes. Are oh, we don't. No, God. <laughs> you should, though, apparently. We don't. We like holidays is just complete homework books. free zone. No, we have to they have to read books. Oh yeah, they have to read books. But that's not work, is it? That's joy. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it depends on the books. We like to start with Homer. <laughs> <laughs> you liar. <laughs> Actually the Jazzy's reading uh, Cloud Street. Oh, that's one of my favourite yeah, books. So that'll be good. Yeah, so like the reading books is fine, homework not so much. Anyway, Anna Marie, she came to the Motherish Facebook page, which is one of the places that you can send us a listener dilemma. Another, you can email us at tgm at mamamia.com.au or even call us on our pod phone 0289993986. Anna Marie says, Yo, everyone. No, she didn't. She says, Hey, everyone. I'm just wondering how. Other mums of tweens go about managing homework. Like, how much do you get involved? I've got a 12-year-old. He's pretty good at saying he has homework. He'll do it after school, but he doesn't actually sit down routinely to do the work unless someone helps him. I'm not sure if I'm doing too little or too much. Please help. Tricky, tricky, tricky. Mm. How much to help with the homework? Well, like it's not like primary school where you do all the homework. <laughs> yes. You know, like you know, the day the project, you know, the science thing do comes I in, ever. and you do it, and you do it because you know if you didn't do it, 
it would just be like a teacup with foam balls in it. <laughs> and they'd go, it's a snowstorm or something, you know, like no. it would be crap. And you don't want your kid going in doing crap. At what age do you get them to start sitting there and doing their homework what's, on their own? What's 12? Is that year seven? Year six, that's year six, year seven. Mm. Yeah. High school? High school, they should be doing their own homework with help if required. Okay. But not doing it for them. So what Anna Marie wants to know is how, like her son won't routinely just come home, sit down, do his homework. But why would he? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not being facetious. Why would any 12-year-old come home and go, yes, yes? Because they've been taught that that's what they have yeah. to do. There's a big debate about homework and whether it's even relevant I anyway. Know, right? You have to do it at the moment, so you might as well do it. So maybe the practice is getting him to sit down for half an hour anyway. Maybe that's the first part, and the homework will then come. What were the in rules that- in your house? Was it like you have to do your homework before you can X, Y, Z, like go for a surf, play with your friends, watch TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably all of those things. I mean, I think when we were kids, I don't really recall doing much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't remember mum and I don't remember the discipline around homework for when we were kids. Yeah, but Jackie's a much better, so my wife is a much better, um, she's more of the tiger mum than I am. Yeah. Like I'm like the good guy dad. Guys, guys. (laughs) Has anyone done, guys. You've done your homework? Promise? Okay. Ice cream. <laughs> Where's Jackie? Jackie goes, yeah, jeez. <laughs> okay, guys, who loves daddy? <laughs> We've been, like, last year, talking about my children, my, like, my eight-year-old Matilda, last year we kind of outsourced homework a bit because, I shouldn't admit this, but Matilda was struggling with math, so we asked uh, like the teenage daughter of some friends of ours if she'd come around on a Saturday afternoon and do an hour of maths with Matilda for a little bit of cash. And she said yes. And that was good. But then we just morphed it into actually that's when Matilda would do her homework. She'd just do her homework with Ruby, who's our our teenage friend. <laughs> and then we, just were, then we were like, oh, what's homework the rest of the week? And that was a good plan. But anyway, uh, I digress. Wow, <laughs> I basically really? paid someone what? else to do the homework with her. Really good. You're a modern lady. It's outsourcing. <laughs> it's terrible. But Ruby's great, so there you go. Anyway, Anna Marie, back to you. I would say use whatever bribery you have in your arsenal to say when you get home from school, the first thing you have to do is your homework before you can and then insert whatever the thing is that, that they want to do, that yeah. he wants to do. So if he wants so, to be playing Fortnite, say there's no Fortnite until you've done your homework. If he wants to be out playing with his mates, I don't know if that's what people do anymore, then he can't do that until he's done his homework. And then it will become a habit that he knows he has yeah. to do every day. And food is a good one. So food first. Yeah. I mean, th- th- this hasn't happened with your Billy yet, but it will. He will never. He's no, no, he he doesn't will, like food. It will happen. He'll walk in and go, no, no, go my way. <laughs> so food for, here, while you're eating that, here, let's put your news, uh, your homework there next to you and then maybe you can knock a bit off while you're eating your toast or your wheat bix or whatever it is and bribe that way. The tricky part is, of course, is these days a lot of kids coming home through it, like their parents aren't there. Everybody's working. So then they have to do their own homework off their own bat and that's even more complicated. How do you make sure they're doing that? You have to come home and check their book. <sighs> anyway, Anna Marie would probably be no use, but I would suggest no, bribery. That's yeah. my tactic, bribery. Yeah. The other thing is, it's only year seven. Mm. It's like year 10, it gets serious. I mean, they've got to learn the habits now, early. You just get the habit in, but don't panic. Don't panic. It's not time to panic yet. You've got, so, <laughs> you've got five years to panic. When's time to panic? Year 11. Okay, then you panic. Hit the panic button. Well, if, not, if they can't actually sit down for 10 minutes by year 11, well... Get a trade. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, that's very useful. Yeah. Dad, you're not funny. Our next listener dilemma comes from Alice, who emailed us, just like you can, at tgm.mamamia.com. This is awesome. This is so multi-layered. All right, are you ready? Yes. I have a 10-year-old son, writes Alice. He has a gaming console. It's not a new console. His older brother gave it to him, along with about 20 games. My 10-year-old has taken to selling some of the older video games that he no longer wants to his school friends. My dilemma is this. One friend in particular seems to have a lot of money, and my son is ripping him off. Oh, dear, oh, dear. For example, this week... My son sold this particular friend of his two old video games for $250. Lord knows where this boy got all that money. But the games were worth about $45 in total. And my son charged them $250. Is my son just a good negotiator or does he need to stop taking advantage of his friends? Oh, my God. Signed by Rosalind Packer talking about my son, (laughs) Kerry. Because everyone should get one Alan Bond. And maybe no. this is his Alan Bond. Alice, I'm really worried that he's going to be a drug dealer. <laughs> what, the kid with the cash? No, the what, kid... You say, are you the, saying the kid with the cash is a drug No, the kid who's so smart that he's ripping his friends off, he's going to be like, I know what else I could sell them. Um, well... Back to the dilemma. Well, Andrew Dotto, what do you think? Should she, what, should she panic about having her son ripping how does off she his know, friends? Well, first, how does she know that he's... He's obviously being honest. Right, so he's come back and gone, I've sold, you know, Barry's got the... Um, <laughs> you know, Barry, you know, the one with all the money, I sold him a couple of games, 250 <laughs> bucks. Look, Because it would be pretty hard to be, what is he, 10 years old and not be fanning yourself with 50s like that guy. 10-year-old son! Alice, I'm well, worried look, about him. Yeah, well, no, don't, don't, don't be worried about him. At least the news has come out. And you can say you can be, maybe you should be honest about the value of things. But the fact that he's doing deals, that's not a bad thing, is this, it? Oh, my God. This is so interesting because this says a lot about your parenting perspective. I remember sometime this last year we had a conversation with Ben Fordham about this too when he was filling in for you once. It was about a kid who was wheeling and dealing in his neighbourhood and he was ups- he was buying loads of lollies in bulk and then selling them to his school friends at a marked up price. Mm. I was like, that's terrible. And he was like, that's great. That's initiative. That's enterprise. That's the capitalist environment in which we live. Mm. See, personally, if I was this little boy's mum, Alice... I was only joking about the drug dealer thing. I'm sure your son is not going to be a drug dealer. But I would be likely to say no. Give that money back. Yes, I agree with that. Because it, ultimately he will come a cropper when it's found out that he's been ripping him off. Yeah. Right. So and the, it's about, that's about yeah. morals and ethics. Yeah. It's not about money. Yeah. So the long term is a massive loss because you'll lose your friends. It's like stand-up comedians who just shit on their friends relentlessly end up having no friends because they, mm. and they go why would I be friends with you everything I talk to you about you take a news and use it against me it's mm. sort of probably a bit of that as well in a really in the long term serious game in the short term great win you know pretty funny story it's actually pretty funny I wonder what the games were like it's a Pac-Man great story or he's obviously Alice you should be very proud because he's very smart yeah and enterprising but I personally I would be worried about that level of markup on a 10 year old he's obviously also very you've obviously been doing your barefoot investor because he's 10 and he knows a lot about money I think my daughter who's nearly 9 this kind of stuff would never even occur to her yeah maybe he should kick in 5 other games well that's the thing and just say hey listen you might have paid too much would you be interested in so he can still keep the money go maybe you'd like these games as well and I reckon that's probably fairer but who hasn't bought a car and said, you know, mate, mate, 
Who hasn't sold a car and been given the mate? I'll give you two grand. You go, I want six. And he goes, <laughs> you know, that's that's business. But, yeah, but he'll he's lose 10. his yeah. He'll, I, no, I know. I know. <laughs> but he'll lose his friends long term. Yeah, no. Nah, yeah. if, if you continued on. So if this was one of your kids. <laughs> Would you force them to go to school or to go and talk to their mate around the corner or whatever and sort this out? Or would you just give them a strong push in that direction and encourage them to find their own moral compass? Probably go for the push first and the force second. If the push didn't work, would you be knocking on the other parent's door? We, saying, we've had- my little Bobby... Took $250 off your kid. By the way, what is your kid doing with $250? <laughs> FYI, he's oh! 10. <laughs> okay, what's the bet that $250 has come from someone's purse? Yeah, because the, if the other kid's also 10, he probably doesn't even know the worth, the value of $250, right? Mm. And maybe they're loaded over at his place and they just had it lying around. We, we had a similar kind of situation where uh, Fields made a surfboard for a, for a mate and they sort of didn't actually agree on the value of the surfboard. And at the end, the guys who bought the surfboard gave him something like 50 bucks. And the, it, to make the whole thing cost 300 bucks. Oh, my God. And then there See, was that's, time. This and, is like this in reverse. Yeah, yeah, same thing. So and what then, did you get Felix to do? I ended up ringing the mum of the other kid and saying, hey, listen. And she goes, well, listen, you know, if the kids don't work stuff out. And it was all worked out in the end. But it was awful. And I reckon it probably affected their friendship as well. For a, for a point in time. They're going, I got ripped off. What, what, you mean I can't get a brand new mail for 50 bucks? No one did anything wrong. They just didn't work it out. So I would guess. I bet this other kid has no idea. He's just like, here's some money. Like my daughter literally, if she had $250, if I handed it to her tomorrow, she would have no idea that that was a lot of money. She would, unless yes, I she told would. her, yeah. expl- explicitly said, but she'd just be like, here are some notes. Do you want a nice lolly? Yes, here, have all these notes because I'm not Scott Pape. <laughs> unless, unless, unless he's doing it all by paywave, he's got his own little machine. Beep, beep. What the, well, I watch people pay now in, in shops with their phones. I know. So it's not going to be long before I can, my phone can talk to your phone. It's not already. Sure. We could already do that. Yeah, just transfer. Just swapping money. Anyway, we digress. I think, Alice, you need to make him either give the money back or give him some more games to square it up. Yeah, square it up. Definitely teach him this thing of squaring it up or give him a little lesson in terms of, well, now I'm going to shaft you. <laughs> oh, no, no. Like how? Well, I don't know. Make him pay too much for something. Make him miss out on something to the value of 200 They want to go to this thing that you really want to go to? Yeah. That'll cost you 200 bucks. 300 bucks. Tickets are $12, mum. 300 bucks. Do you like that? No. 300 bucks. No. Then you're not going. That's a, that's a pretty old school. That's old school, Alice. You take your pick and tell us what you think, everybody out there. We want to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Jump in our motherish Facebook group or email us or call us on the pod phone 028999386. Tell us what you think. Would you be super proud if this was your boy or would you be a bit mortified? Mum, can I have 20 bucks? Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Our last dilemma for today's show comes from Therese via email and she says, 
Recently, when I visited my four-year-old's kindy, there was a written update on the classroom wall that the children were learning about height, weight, kilograms and centimetres. Gosh, what could possibly go wrong? I can't imagine. This is unreal, actually. Just sorry, just to preface, I can see the theory of this. I can see them talking about it beforehand going, it's a great idea. And then no one really listening. No. On this written update, which included bar charts of the kids' names and their measurements, there was a photograph of all the kids lined up. Underneath the photograph, it said, in this photo, the children have lined themselves up from shortest to tallest and then heaviest to lightest. My question is this. Is this appropriate, getting four- and five-year-olds to compare their size, in particular their weight, with each other while they are so young? Surely there are other ways to demonstrate the concept of weight, for example, measuring fruit by size and weight. I understand what the lesson is, but the way in which they're learning about weight by comparing themselves with each other doesn't sit right with me, especially since they're little sponges at this age. Should I say something to the school about it, or am I overreacting, Therese? Oh, my God, you go first. Well, it is a fact that we are all different sizes. It is a fact. It is a fact that we're all different sizes for four-year-old, four- and five-year-olds as well. So you can have a, four, a really big four-year-old and a really small four-year-old. So the height thing, that shouldn't be an issue. And the weight shouldn't be an issue either because you can be a big, strong four-year-old. Big, strong, heavy four-year-old. No, no, really. Like, re- like, re- re- like it, from- this is the problem with this. A bit, no, you could be a big, strong four-year-old girl yeah. who's much bigger and stronger and heavier than a little weedy... <laughs> you know, look at all the look at the value judgments that are coming as you talk about it. Weedy. <laughs> so this is the problem with this, right? Is that on the face of I it? I didn't mean it like that. On the face of it, the number's just a number, right? Doesn't mean anything. It's just a number. It's, these are just facts. We're just dealing in facts, right? But that's not how the world works. No. Instead, it's like you're weedy and you're chunky <laughs> and you're giant and you're tiny. You're like, Shrek. Exactly. Look at Shrek over there. That's why it's a problem, mm. the facts and figures of it. And that's why it's hard because, you know, we've had experts on a few times last year who spoke to us about how you should talk to your kids about weight. And they said, don't talk to them about weight. Talk to them about health. Don't make And, he- str- and being powerful yes. and strong and, and healthy. Exactly. And talk to them about food in terms of what, putting things into your body that are going to make you able to do the things you want to do. Do not talk to them about weight. But on the other hand, weights are just facts. So if you could take all the emotion out of the situation, it would work, but you just can't. Mm. I mean, so working on the telly, right? Sometimes you have to be weighed to do things. Like if you have to go and do a bungee jump, for instance. Yeah, I've been there. So I have to get on the scales and go on this one day and the bloody producer and whatever run around to see what my weight is. And they go, you're 103. I'm going, I'm 103. Like, because I'm six foot three. Yeah. And I'm a, well, you know, I, I probably could be 90 if I didn't want to live the life that I choose. <laughs> but, but anyway, so that's the thing. And so there was a definite, oh my God. So if we're doing it at 50, I know, we're that's doing the it thing. at five. Because again, numbers should just be a number. You should like, I was just thinking about that story because I remember doing a bungee jump years ago and getting weighed before I did it and having my weight written on my hand. Mm. Now at that time I was a girl, a woman in my 20s. 
And, you know, I wasn't particularly big or anything like that, but I was so, it w- I was so self-conscious about it because a number's not just a number. It comes with all this stuff, like all this emotional stuff. Most women in particular, you put a set of scales down in front of them. Have a heart attack. They will do anything other than get on it. Now, I wish the world was different, and you could argue that maybe by teaching kindergarten kids that weight's just a number, then you're doing a good thing. But the reality of it is... As soon as the parents see that lineup of who weighs what, there's going to be some parent who feels really bad that their kid's the skinniest one. There's going to be some parent who feels really bad that their kid's the heaviest one. What about the heavy? The heaviest kid goes back home and goes, Mum, I'm the heaviest at kindy. Yes. And Mum goes, how do you know that? And they go, we, we had go, a weight. We got weight. We got weight. I, was, I wasn't the tallest, though. Billy was the tallest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go, Jesus. I just think. But well, hang on. So let's to Therese, answer her question. It's fraught, Therese. Yeah, but does she go to the school and say, uh, I'm not sure this is a good idea? I would. I, I really would about this. Again, I wish it wasn't so, right? I wish we lived in a different world. I would love Matilda in particular to like never weigh herself, not be worried about that, just focus on being healthy and strong and all those things, da 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 da. But I know that I don't really want them to be thinking about weight. What, then some kid's going to go, look at my fat apple. <laughs> you mean if they're using fruit instead? Using fruit and stuff. Oh. I try and teach my kids, like Think most parents, is- they're not allowed to use the F word. Oh, it's very hard. Therese, if I was you, I think I would go. I think I would go and say to the teachers, I don't know if this is the best idea. Yeah, is, this the, yeah, is there another way to, to, to do weight apart from lining our kids up and going, you're the heaviest, you're the lightest? Yeah. Without trembling with rage, going... Because that's inevitably, you'd wind yourself up walking in and get, you know, blurted across the room. Yeah. Are you crazy? What are you doing to these children? Isn't it funny? It's funny how it is just a fact, but it just comes with so much emotion. Yeah, it does. And even for kids, that emotion is often from the parents. They're like, I'm kind of surprised that situation even happens. Maybe line up from oldest to youngest for numbers. Yes. I don't know. I think you should say something. You're not overreacting, but as Andrew says, just don't say it angrily. What do you think, everybody? Tell us. Email us at tgm at mamamia.com.au. We would love that. That is all we have time for on this very special summer edition of Listener Dilemmas. Yeah, if you've uh, if you've thought, I've got a dilemma, I should ring that in, please do 2 or tgm at mamamia.com.au. Hey, we're back to normal programming next week. We are. You might even have your you could have your tan back. (laughs) (laughs) That seems unlikely. The UK was good for you though. Yes. Obviously. Of course. This glorious mess is brought to you by Mamma Mia and the producer is Luca Levine. Bye.